You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. My name is Wes Goldberg, and I'm here, as always, with David Ramil. We meant to answer our mailbag questions on Monday, but ended up doing a deep dive on the Wayne Ellington situation. Uh, so go check that out if you haven't already. We talk about why Ellington is out of the rotation, what it means for Miami's logjam at guard, Ellington's future with the Heat. But we've got a bunch of questions to get to about our expectation for Miami's young trio, and if Dwayne Wade will actually be selected as an all-star. But I wanted to start with the news that Udonis Haslam is indeed planning to retire at the end of the season. Haslam told Basketball Insiders, quote, I'm going to call it done too, end quote, and explains that he wants to spend more time with his family. He's got kids that are in sports. He wants to spend more time with them. We know that he's got all those businesses in South Florida that he's involved with. Uh, Haslam's played for the Heat for his entire 16-year career. He'll retire having won three championships. We've long expected Haslam's retirement to be the case, and the Heat are going to have a hard time replacing him, right, David? Absolutely. I mean, at this point, it's not his impact on the floor that matters most because his playing time is so limited. But he's obviously somebody that all the players on this roster, whether it's a 16-year veteran like Dwayne Wade or uh, you know a younger guy like uh, Bam Adebayo, they all look to Udonis for leadership and, and for advice because he has seen so much over the course of his career. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, you know, I was mentioning to you before we started recording that I actually had a chance to talk to Udonis in late December before the Toronto Raptors game. And when I spoke to him, he sounded like a man who was ready to retire. And, you know, I told him, I, I know that nothing's official, but he, he, he basically continued along that same vein of speaking about his career somewhat in the past tense. And he brought up a lot of those same things that are being reported now. Uh, a few weeks ago, which is that, you know, his he didn't say it was a regret, but he did say it was hard to you know look back and realize that he had missed so much of his kids uh, accomplishments and their careers and you know, going through school and sports and everything else. Um, and, and that it was hard for him and he'll never get those years back. That was one thing. You know, one of the things that really stood out with me is that he kind of felt that loss. And he didn't again, he didn't say he regretted it for a second. Because, uh, you know, he also quantified that by saying his kids are happy to live the life that his career has afforded them. So, I mean, it's a, there's some give and take there, obviously, but he was ready to move on. He has a plan for after basketball. It involves those businesses you mentioned, and he's comfortable and ready to move on. But he also told me that he'll always be connected to basketball and to the Heat organization in some capacity. He's just not sure yet what that might be, but I'm, I'm sure... Once the season kind of winds down and then he has some time to regroup, rethink about it, and he'll figure out what role he wants to play, whether or not it's something community involvement. I don't see him as a coach necessarily, but maybe somewhere in player development. It's, it's kind of hard to picture right now because, again, he's been such a fixture along that heat sideline for so long. Um, but at the same time, he is ready to move on. And, you know, he's not playing much and uh, he's had a great career, one that he can be extremely proud of. Yeah, I know his kids are, I know he posted um, something on Instagram on Monday saying how, you know, his kid just turned 12 years old. So yeah, he's missed a lot of the, you know, a lot of big steps in their young childhood, but he wants to be there for sort of those those teenage and high school years where they start to get really involved in sports and stuff like that, it sounds like, right? And so mm-hmm. um, that's going to be really cool. And that's good to hear that he, he was talking to you about, you know, 
being involved and, and staying around basketball and stuff like that. And we've seen recently with even like Chris Bosch, who is just around the team. There's no, he doesn't have a job. He's not getting paid, but he's made enough money. Right. He's just around the team. He's the doors open for him. And I could see that being something similar with Haslam where he might not be, you know, it doesn't make sense if he wants to spend more time with his family to go back onto an NBA schedule in a front office position. It's just as demanding as being a player, right? You're still on that NBA grind, but um, if he's just, you know, an ambassador, an unofficial capacity, just around the team, I'm sure that's what that's going to be the case. He's going to live in Miami still, obviously. Like, he's going to be around. The, like, he's not going to just not be around. He's going to be around, and that's going to be really cool. Um, but I think for the Heat, it, it does matter having a guy like Haslam in the locker room who can be that liaison between the players and the coaches. Players can't go to the coaches with every problem that they have, not not only because there's a difference between players and coaches, but coaches are super busy and don't have time to just listen to all the players' concerns. Players are in the locker rooms with each other. They're in the weight rooms with each other training. They're spending time with each other outside of the basketball facility all the time, um, especially with a, a tight-knit organization like the Heat. So to have somebody like Haslam, a veteran who you can lean on, who especially guys like, we know Dwayne Wade's gone. Who who are guys like Winslow and Josh Richardson and Bam going to lean on? And whoever that he, he draft this season as a rookie, who are they going to lean on if Wade and Haslam aren't there, right? And I think that that's going to be a big gap that the Heat need to address. And I could see them this offseason going out and just going. Like, it's not going to be Udonis Haslam who has Heat culture just piping through his veins, but just a veteran who knows the NBA and can and just knows the ins and outs and can sort of just teach the younger guys kind of the lifestyle and just things that they need to know. I could see them going out and trying to do that. It's not replacing Haslam because nobody could ever do that, but just trying to find somebody playing a similar role to what Haslam is doing right now. Absolutely. I mean, and there are guys like this on almost every team, if not every team, you know, if not more than one player. You know, you, you look at a guy like Jared Dudley in Brooklyn, everywhere he's gone for the last few years, he's filled that somewhat older veteran mentor type role. Uh, Vince Carter in Atlanta, is he's currently filling that role. Even a, an all-time great like Dirk Nowitzki has still, you know, moments where he has to bond with his rookie Luka Doncic and, and kind of explain the things that he's learned over the course of his career because it is important to gain that kind of perspective that only comes with experience and that's why you need a veteran presence. Look, you know, we have guys like James Johnson if he's part of this team. But after that, I mean, this is a fairly yeah. young team and a fairly inexperienced team and one that hasn't done a whole heck of a lot of winning outside of Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam. So definitely there will be a need to replace that void. All right, let's open up the mailbag. This first question comes from Paresh. He writes in. I think the hashtag fire Spo section and overall restlessness of our fan base is expanding. It's some games you just can't lose, and the Hawks are one of them. Speaking of, they lost three times to the Hawks. Uh, what do you guys think of Spo not playing waiters and Ellington not having enough minutes wasn't an excuse when everyone sucked out there. Everybody did suck out there, basically. Look, um, we did cover the Wayne Ellington part of this on Monday, so uh, for any more on that Wayne Ellington stuff, just go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already. But the part I want to focus on here, David, that fire Spo section, do you think that fans are getting restless? I mean, we it was one loss. I get it was a ho- to the Hawks, and I get it was by like 20 points, but are we really like, we were just feeling so good about this team. Yeah, I, I mean, it just shows, and I think Parrish uses, Parrish uses a great word here, restlessness. Uh, you know, earlier in the season, the tank seemed to be on. This was a team that looked de- a bit destined for the lottery in the draft. 
Uh, now all of a sudden they flip the script a little bit and all of a sudden they're winning and they look like a, a much more, well, likely playoff team. It's nothing's assured at this point. Uh, at the same time, you know, there hasn't been any major moves. You're in involved, you're involved in a po- possible move for Jimmy Butler that falls short. Nothing happens over the course of the summer. No big free agent moves. And look, I- I've talked about this many times, as you well know, this, this fan base is very short-sighted about things because I think they've been kind of, uh, spoiled by the success, you know, so many titles, so many title runs, so many great championship or playoff runs. All those kinds of things have led to a, a very hungry uh, fan base that needs constant satisfying, and and they're just not getting it at this point. This is another team that looks like they might be an early first or first round exit in the playoffs, maybe a sixth or seventh mm-hmm. or eighth seed, um, and that's not nearly good enough. And, and so when it comes to Spolstra, I mean, there are confounding decisions too. That's another aspect uh, is that. You know that those rotations are questionable, um, and any other team, as I've mentioned before, I think Spolstra would probably be under a hotter seat. But at the same time, um, you know he wasn't the one missing all those open shots, and and you know I've seen statistics that have come out since the Hawks game, and it was painfully apparent they were getting uncontested mm-hmm. looks. Those shots just weren't falling. That's not on Spolstra. He has to maintain uh, what he can as far as a, a balance a semblance of a, a steady rotation there, and he has to stay the course, and he has to show that he hasn't lost faith in his guys. And at the same time, it's just up to them to knock down those shots, and they just couldn't do it. And then, you know, obviously Atlanta, give them credit, they, they blew the game open in the second half there. That, that shouldn't have been the case, but that doesn't fall on Spolster necessarily. I think it's more on the players and, and their lack of uh, ability to hit shots when it was necessary. And that's a reflection of this roster, not Eric Spolstra. This is not a roster that has guys who score 20 points every night. They don't have one guy who is that. And so there's nobody to sort of rely on. So when, yeah, when you're hitting a bunch of shots, everything's groovy and everybody's having a good time. But when everybody's, like, we've seen this over the last three years. Miami just goes out there and will sometimes just pitch a bad game, you know, or they just don't have it. And this was one of those games, and unfortunately it was against the Hawks again for the third, again, they lose to the Hawks the third time this season. Um, but I think we focus with Atlanta too much on the fact that they're young they're not, and, and they have a really bad record. They are built to beat the Heat in a way where they, they just get up and down the court really fast-paced, you know, quick, titch, uh, quick twitch guys who can just sort of bust through the zone uh, and guys who can make shots. And break Miami's defense. And and look, Miami probably wins this game if they just have a normal shooting night. Again, they missed 29 three-pointers in that game. That's insane. That's that's Houston Rockets type missing 27 straight almost bad. You know? Like, it was bad. Stakes aren't as high as the Rockets versus the Warriors, but it was bad. Um, and so you're just... Uh, that. You're right. It doesn't come down to Spo. He's not the one out there missing shots. Um, if anything, I think this team is overachieved based on the lack of star power that it has. They're, they're on track to go to the playoffs again with a roster that does not have a top 40 player on it does not have anybody that's even mentioned for an all nba team on it right now and though in playoff teams usually have like one of those guys and our only all-star might be Dwayne wade because he's a legacy guy and we'll get to that later on but let's get to this next question from jamel who writes in why can't justice winslow josh Richardson, and bam Adebayo all have good games on the same night it's frustrating that one or two of them may shine during a game but not all three if we're going to be legit contenders one day, we need them to be a big part of that. David, this is, again, kind of that restlessness, right? Like, be patient. Bam's in his second year. Winslow's in his fourth year. Josh, same thing, fourth year. 
Winslow's just starting to come along here. Um, Bam is just starting to get significant playing time. Right. Should, just like let's pump the brakes a little bit and be patient. I think it's a bit, it's a good thing that even one or two of them are shining on any given night. Yeah, I mean, you have to consider the fact that Justice wasn't even starting or or getting that kind of significant playing time or getting the opportunity to show what he's become lately, you know, point justice and everything else and and you know, the fact that that they can have big nights uh, individually, I think, is a testament to the you know, quality draft Miami has had over the last few years. They don't have many picks, but they always hit on them. They do a good job, at least, of hitting them uh, most recently. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I think they're all very young. They're all very raw uh, in some ways. Even even an older of the big three, as far as uh, Josh Richardson is concerned, he can't always hit shots. And, and I, mm-hmm. I think, look, you look at even the big three. I mean, we we're talking about at that point in time when the big three was formed in 2010, three of the top 15 players in the NBA. You could make that argument as far as where Chris Bosh fell in that hierarchy. But at the Absolutely. same time, I mean, they had to complement one another and they couldn't always have huge productive nights. And even if they did, that was the, the knock against them was that, all of your offense is coming from these three players, and what happens to the supporting cast, the the Rios, the Carlos Arroyos, the Eric Dampiers of the world? You know, you needed more from that. And, mm. and look, even a, a team like the Golden State Warriors, you have players like Clay Thompson that fall off occasionally. You know, Draymond Green has been struggling all season long, and he's still considered one of the top players in the league. It, it happens, and I think we just need to relax a little bit, especially when you're talking about a 20-year-old player like Bam Adebayo, who's not even you know starting at this point and hasn't gotten a significant amount of playing time, he's just still trying to figure out what his game can become. Eventually, it'll reach there. It might just take a year or two before we see it. This next question comes from this next two questions. Billy from Cleveland writes, nice. and if the Knicks miss out on the KD sweepstakes and Dion does not become a 18 plus per, uh, points per game score, should Miami try and make a move for Tim Hardaway Jr.? David, I'm going to answer this right now. All right. They already have Tim Hardaway Jr. His name is Dion Waiters. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. Why would we do that for the name? Like, I mean, that yes. would be admittedly kind of cool. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Look, I, I feel you look at at Hardaway's production earlier in the season, and you saw some fairly gaudy numbers. But again, even players on bad teams have to put up some shots. And I looked it up. Hardaway I looked it up. Right. He's shooting. He's shooting less than forty percent from the field. Yeah, he is not an efficient scorer, um, and that's that's just who he is. Unfortunately, he takes a lot of bad shots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have elite athleticism. He doesn't have a go-to scoring move. Um, he's not a reliable go-to scorer. And look, if you're looking at what Miami's roster is, which basically is a lot of good and not necessarily great players, Hardaway doesn't fill that void by any capacity. Uh, and, and look, it's just it's great to have that legacy of his father's uh, here in Miami and everything else, but I, I think Hardaway is happy uh, with what he's accomplished. As far as Hardaway Jr., he's got a great contract for the Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I Look, I know he trains here in the offseason. He went to high school at Palmetto Senior High. He's from South Florida. He, he grew up here. I understand that why you'd want to f- have him on this roster, but he's not. He doesn't fill any need for this roster. We've already got plenty of wing players or guards that can provide occasional scoring and do so, quite frankly, more efficiently, with the exception of maybe Deion Waiters, more more efficiently than Tim Hardaway Jr. And look, I like where Billy's head is. Like, I do think that they need somebody at that kind of wing position who can score eighteen to twenty points per game. It's just not Tim Hardaway Jr. He's only doing that because he's on a bad team that doesn't have anybody else that can score. And while Miami may fall into that, they're not a bad team. They just have a bunch of players who can't score. Um, 
I so again, I like that approach. I just don't know. And even from a contract standpoint, like the Knicks do want to probably get off of Tim Hardaway Jr. If they really want to make a run at Durant, maybe try to get another few free agents to surround him with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know that dumping him on Miami is the answer for either. Well, maybe it's the answer for the Knicks, but it's not the answer for the Heat. Uh, I just don't see that as a viable option. But I like where we're going. I think that that's a real like efficient 18 point per game score at that wing position is what the, is what the Heat need. Let's get to this next question from Billy, who writes in, Will will D-Wade get that farewell tour all-star bid? And is Heat fandom not doing enough to get Josh Richardson into the all-star game? Outside of PER, Richardson and Butler have near-identical stats, with Butler's Butler's numbers being a hair better. Let's tackle that first part. Uh, Will Dwayne Wade get that farewell tour all-star bid? Because based on the first returns, he's second among Eastern Conference guards in votes um, behind only Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's a shoe-in to get in, and he deserves it the way he's playing this season. But Dwayne Wade, he's above Kemba Walker, Ben Simmons, Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal. I mean, he's up there. He's famous. He's getting the votes. He is. Uh, look, uh, it's one of the most surprising aspects of uh, this last dance for Dwayne is how he's really changed the narrative. As much as he's beloved in South Florida, I mean, there were some years there where he was – not necessarily reviled, there were some strong vocal pockets in every fan base that really disliked Dwayne Wade because he's had some questionable moves. You know, you ask anybody in Boston, he's not very popular up there. And somehow he's managed to come back to Miami and, and completely flip the script, have him become beloved in every arena. No matter what team they're playing, he somehow gets a rousing ovation to have videos in 29 other arenas thanking Dwayne Wade for his 16 years of service. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this before. I don't think Kobe had this kind of same farewell tour. And and his was more along the lines of just cramming himself down everyone's throats and saying, look, love me, love me, love me, (laughs) and make sure that you appreciate me and all my greatness. I don't think Dwayne has been quite as uh, 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 obvious in his his, courting uh, the fan vote, but at the same time, it, it has become a factor I don't know if it's going to be consistent, though. Like, I think he's got as much vote, as many votes as he's possibly going to get. And I know the the weird voting system, as far as the All-Star bid is concerned, is weighted somewhat between the fan vote and then there's also the coaches and players vote. Right. They, they, well, they the, fan, the fans need to vote him in. Like, the coaches aren't voting in Dwayne Wade, right? <laughs> no, they're not. So, no, they're not. Uh, the fans need to vote him in, but, like, God bless for leaning, right? Like... He's got a huge overseas contingent of, of people who love him that don't know, you know, Kemba Walker from their cousin. Like, it's – Dwayne Wade is a big name, and I think he's going to get a he's, – he's almost 100,000 more votes than Kemba, almost 200,000 more votes than Ben Simmons. And Philadelphia fans, by the way, aren't super happy with Ben Simmons. They're yeah. a little upset with the jump shot thing. Victor Oladipo plays for Indiana, small market, deserves to probably be on an all-NBA team, let alone an all-star team. Um, I would probably have him as my second guard in the East if I were voting. But, uh, again, plays for a small market. Kyle Lowry hasn't played a bunch of games. Like, it would not surprise me if Dwayne Wade ended up getting the vote. And that would be just, that would be awesome. Let's tackle that second part. Josh Richardson. Are Heat fans not doing enough to get Josh Richardson? His numbers are good. Like Billy points out, uh, Jimmy Butler is right now uh, fourth among Eastern Conference front court players with 222,000 votes upon first returns. Richardson would probably qualify, or he does qualify as a guard. You can vote for him on the NBA site as a guard. Um, he's not going to get in, 
But yeah. it is interesting, though, that there really isn't much of a push. And I and I kind of almost blame the Heat for that because hmm. you and I watch NBA League Pass every night. And you can – I mean, I remember I was watching the Houston Rockets thing and they're – they're like, yeah, James Harden's going to get in, into the All-Star game, obviously, but let's push Clint Capella. He, Clint Capella should be an All-Star, too. And it's just like, you don't really hear that from the Heat broadcast or even like on Twitter or anything like that. There's not really a push to get anybody into the All-Star game. It, it kind of feels like some uh, reverse motivation, I think, that they're trying to put the carrot as far away from Josh as possible to make sure that he pushes himself to, to the point where he can reach it. Um, by By failing to you know pump up or hype you know any kind of all-star campaign they're hoping his numbers will become so gaudy that he'll have to become voted in as an Mm. all-star if if not by fans by other you know players and coaches around the league and that's you know that's a big part of it too is he just doesn't have that kind of fame like a Dwayne Wade you know he he went to Tennessee he was a a small name at that school he wasn't a big-time player coming out of college he was a second-round pick he hasn't been a starter for much of his career. You know, you're not quite sure. You know, he hangs his hat on defense. That's not going to get you into the All-Star game. I mean, you want to be a 25-point-per-game scorer. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., who we were just talking about, has a better chance because he plays in New York and he puts up mm. big numbers there. I, I, it's just he's not going to get voted in unless he has a much more consistent scoring game. Uh, and that's that's just not something that's in the cards this season, perhaps next year. But at right. this point, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's you know Heat fans' fault either. Uh, to right. at least point, I think it's just twenty nine other fan bases haven't voted him in. He doesn't have the connection overseas like Dwayne Wade does. It's not like there's the whole country voting him in the way they did. Uh, oh, what's his name from formerly of the Golden State Warriors now with Detroit? I have no idea who you're talking about. The 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 European guy Zaza Pachulia, who um, the the country of Georgia yeah, used yeah. to vote him in. Like, <laughs> And when they would tally up the fan votes, he was always like the, the top-ranked you know, center Yeah, um, because of you know, a whole country was voting for him. <laughs> Josh, Josh doesn't have that, yeah. From Edmond, Oklahoma, isn't getting all those votes. So, you know, he, he, you know what? A funny point, and I'll throw this in there. One of the things I looked up, if you look up Edmond, Oklahoma in the Wikipedia page, they're not even listing Josh Richardson as one of their most notable residents ever. Like, they've got Blake Griffin and somebody who was on America's Got Talent, but no Josh Richardson. Can we get that repaired? Can we get that fixed somehow? Yeah, Wikipedia, folks. However that works. Put Josh Richardson on the Edmonton, Oklahoma Wiki page. We need that to happen. Uh, maybe that's why it's not in the All-Star game. Nobody knows. It. It's not even that's on it. Wikipedia. Uh, all right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Locked on Heat on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And leave us a rating or review while you're there. Connect on Twitter at Locked on Heat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Heat. You can listen to us without pushing any buttons. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.